0: Good morning sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I am your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and thank you all for listening today. This podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about results from the past few days before diving into today's betting slate, and then we cap things off with our daily betting card. Now, it's a bit more of a somber episode today. Um, Unfortunately, I lost an incredible work colleague of mine to cancer yesterday, so just wanted to take a moment of silence for Derek Myers and his family, Um, truly one of the better people that I've had the pleasure of meeting in my career, and so just a moment of silence before we get started. All right, and with that, let's get into the show today. Um, before we get started with today's episode, are you looking to make some wagers? Then head over to bet99.com. Bet99 is a Canadian sports book and casino that offers in play betting, player props, a cash out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and the mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle free with a number of well known methods available to use. So, you know, your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24 7 with their live chat option. So, go to bet99.com today to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS at signup and please gamble responsibly. You must be 19 plus years of age to do so. And if you have questions or concerns about your gambling, or the gambling of someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Now, let's get back to the show. So we didn't have any wagers yesterday, obviously, given what we we chatted about at the, the start of the show. But on, on Monday, we did go 0-3, just wasn't a great day on the ice. You gotta play this video when you've been so bad recently. You're not an intellectual, you're a fake and a fraud. Yeah, I feel very fraudulent lately. Um, a lot of teams are out shooting their opponents, but then losing the games outright. And so that's what happened the other day. Um, so a tough Monday. Now, let's get into some of the headlines from the past couple of days. It, we got to start with Jonathan Taves. Um, said that this could be his last few weeks in Chicago, which is a shame to see. I mean, what a career for the Blackhawks Hawk, Black legend. He's been there 15 years. He's on the final year of an eight-year, $83 million contract. Now, he's been dealing with some symptoms of long COVID, and he's had a, a chronic immune response syndrome as well. So he's definitely been through it the last year or two uh, for sure. But it doesn't take away from the fact the guy's a three-time cup champion. He's a Conn Smythe winner, a Selkie Trophy winner, and he totaled nearly 900 points in just over a 1,000 games with the Blackhawks. So he was never the highest-scoring guy in the league by any stretch, but he was absolutely a clutch player come playoff time. And one of the best leaders in sports. So shout out to Jonathan Taves. If this is his last time playing for Chicago. I don't know if he'll even play for another team again. But shout out to the Blackhawks legend. Speaking of legends. We got to see the NBA Hall of Fame finalists yesterday. And this is a loaded class this year. And and at the top of that is Dwayne Wade. I made some jokes yesterday on Twitter. But that definitely is. The best player in this class, Dwayne Wade. You got Dirk Nowitzki, Pau Gasol, Tony Parker, Greg Popovich, and Becky Hammond are all finalists for the Hall of Fame. Now, as I said off the top, loaded class. Kind of funny to see Wade and Dirk going in together. It was pretty well documented that these guys may have had some issues in the past, but they're going in at the same time. You also have the San Antonio connection here. You've got Parker and Popovich, who won multiple titles together. Becky Hammond, who was on that Spurs staff for a number of years. Then she recently won a WNBA title with the Aces. And then you got Pau Gasol, who's always going to have a special place in my heart. Laker fan. I wish Kobe was there to bring him into the Hall of Fame. But nonetheless, Gasol gets in, and it's a great class this year. NFL-wise, there was a lot that happened over the last couple of days. And a lot of it centers around Lamar Jackson, who requests a trade from Baltimore at the beginning of the month. And I mean, Lamar should command all that he can get. Um, I'm never going to fault a player for wanting money, especially in the NFL. It's not guaranteed contracts like you get in the NHL, like you get in the NBA. And so I understand teams might be a little bit apprehensive given his injury history. But when you look across the league, I mean, you could name at best eight quarterbacks better than Lamar Jackson. And some of these teams are sitting on some absolute scrubs and aren't willing to go out and make a push for Lamar. If I'm one of those GMs, I would at least go after him, um, give him what he wants, because at the end of the day, would you rather be in mediocrity, or would you rather take a chance that Lamar gets back to MVP form, and then your team looks like a contender in the NFL? Now, Aaron Rodgers, speaking of quarterbacks, the Packers GM seems to think that they don't need to give up a first-rounder in order for uh, Rodgers. Um, I mean, I don't blame Aaron for wanting to leave. Um, He's had a major lack of support the last number of years he's begged for weapons in the draft they just go ahead and draft a backup quarterback Um, he's constantly played in an elite level he's a multiple time league MVP including back-to-back just a couple years ago so I don't blame him for wanting to leave Um, Packers are going to go into a full-on rebuild with Jordan Love how much can they get for Rodgers we'll have to wait and see Um, but if they're not commanding a first back then they better be getting some players for sure. And then we also found out that the commander's QB job is up for grabs, shocking absolutely nobody. Um, This is a very bad quarterback room this year. You've got Jacoby Brissett, who's on a one-year $8 million deal, and then a couple of young guys in Sam Howell and Jake Fromm. Now, for me, Howell should be the guy that they're moving forward with. This is, of course, if Washington doesn't pursue a quarterback in this year's draft. I think what's most likely to happen is Brissett wins the job as the veteran, likely gets a couple of starts, but we know what Jacoby Brissett is. He's a solid backup. That's about it, and then we're going to see Sam Howell for the rest of the year. He looked all right late last year, but obviously those are games that didn't matter so much for the team. I'm curious to see how he looks. Given I have him in the Dynasty League as well, I wouldn't hate it if Howell had a pretty solid year at the position. So with that, let's head over. Let's talk about the games today. We got some PGA, uh, some NHL, some NBA, and then we're going to cap it off with some MLB future bets as well. So it's not the most loaded PGA field this week, um, especially with the Masters coming up. But what that means is that guys are really gunning to get into the Masters because it's the last event before that. Now, last year we saw JJ Spawn win this event and get into the event. This year, uh, pretty wide open field, and I think top five guys as far as betting odds go. These are all from Bet99.com. Hatton twelve to one, Fowler eighteen to one, Corey Connors the Canadian twenty to one. Kim 20 to one and Matsuyama 23 to one. Now, when we're talking about guys who finished well last year, you had Jones, Kucher, Howell, Merritt, and Hadwin were all in the top five at this event. And now I rarely pick a winner in these events, but I'm going to put a half unit this week on Ricky Fowler strictly because of the storyline. He's currently not slated to be in the Masters, so he needs a victory to get in. I think Ricky at 18 to one, he's the second favorite here. Um, I just have to jump on it. I'm hopeful that he wins. Finally gets back in the win column after some down years on tour. He's one of the more popular guys out there. Uh, So I'm going to go with 18 to 1 Ricky Fowler for a half unit. Now, I like two other betting lines here. I like Corey Connors' top 20 at plus 130. He played relatively well last week at the match play. And this just feels like an event where he really plays well at Augusta as well. And so I think that he's going to get out to a nice start here. Face or finish well at the Masters as well. So at plus 130, I like the top 20. I'm also going to take Chris Kirk top 20 at plus 147. He's won earlier this year on tour. I just think it's great value. You get one of these guys to finish in the top 20 and you're laughing. So give me Chris Kirk at plus 147. NHL wise, we've only got three games on the slate tonight. We are ramping up towards NHL playoff time. And the first one's a pick'em. You got the Islanders and the Capitals. Minus 110 on both sides. Looks like we're getting Sorokin for the Islanders. And then we're going to get Kemper for Washington. Now, Washington essentially has to win out if they want to get this final playoff spot. The Islanders are six points clear of Florida with an extra game played. So they're not too worried about their place. Playoff-wise, at least not yet. I think if you're playing anything tonight, you got go to go the Isles. Uh, they're 6-3-1 in their last 10. And Washington has been abysmal 3-5-2. That's why they find themselves on the outside looking in for the playoffs. Then you've got Florida and Toronto. Minus 145 for the Leafs at home held overnight. Bobrovsky going for Florida. It was basically all I needed to take Toronto tonight. He's given up 13 goals in his last three starts. And I really like Samsonov here. He's been playing pretty well recently. Toronto's also 25-7-5 at home coming uh, in off of a win as well. So I really like the Leafs' money line today. And then Minnesota and Colorado, the Avs are minus 150 on some books now, minus 155, according to the score app. Uh, Gustafson and Georgiev going in the night matinee to cap it off. Now, these are two teams in great form. You've got Colorado who have won nine of their last ten. You got Minnesota who have won seven of ten. So it is a tough spot to bet. I do think that looking at Colorado's wins, a lot of them have been by multiple goals. So I'm intrigued by the in-regulation, especially since you can get that at plus money. So if you're going anywhere tonight, you could maybe just play Colorado money line in a parlay. Minus 150 starts to get a little bit too juice for my liking. But I do like the in-regulation here at plus money. NBA-wise, 10 games happening. A lot of them we're not looking at. There is three that we're sort of monitoring. Uh, as the day goes. The first one being that Dallas and Sixers game. Sixers are minus five and a half at home for this one. Um, But this one is entirely on, are we going to see Embiid and Harden? It's actually down to four and a half now. So with these game time decision tags, looks like Kleber is a game time decision for Dallas as well. But obviously him missing compared to those two guys isn't as big of a deal. Philly are a wagon at home, I will say that much. But Dallas, just because they just blew out Indiana, doesn't really do a lot for me. They lost four straight games prior to that, and just because you had one good game doesn't mean that you're officially back. Again, this is a wait until tip-off. I think Philly has the potential to blow them out, but I'm going to wait and make sure that both of those guys go. Miami and New York, the Knicks were minus 4.5. Now they're up to minus 5.5, and they're facing the Heat, who were on a back-to-back last night. They looked pretty bad against Toronto yesterday. Um, game time decision tag on Butler, but he didn't play yesterday, so I don't know why he would today. Jalen Brunson would be the main game time decision for the Knicks, but Randall and Brunson, when they have been going, they've been great recently. The Heat's inability to create shots and play at any sort of pace makes it a really tough game to watch. So I definitely wouldn't watch this game, even if I bet it tonight. It would be something that I probably just follow along on my phone. I also think that 223 and a half is a bit steep. Uh, This is all dependent on if Butler goes. I think if he's ruled out, you could play the under and be relatively comfortable doing so. So I like the Knicks and the under as of now. And then the Lakers are minus one and a half against Chicago today on the road. (laughs) Again, this is a game time decision battle. Braun, AD and Russell are all game time decisions. Chicago's only waiting on Caruso, who has that tag. So it looks like you see DeRozan, you see Levine no matter what. But I still like the Lakers for a road win. They need it a little bit more, I think, than Chicago does. Um, I know that Chicago are currently in that 10 spot, but they're also two and a half games clear with only seven games to go. So I'm not too worried about Chicago needing this win. I am for the Lakers, though, because when you look at that Western playoff race, the Lakers are the nine seed and a half game out from being the 11. So I think that this is a big one for them. And I think they go in and pick up a big victory. Now let's talk MLB future bets. So we're going to do a few today, a few on Friday. Uh, season starts right away here. Um, we, we got a little bit in the baseball mood because of the World Baseball Classic. It wasn't something that I wanted to bet, but it was certainly something that I watched the highlights and got a little bit jazzed for the year. Now, full disclosure, we were bad last year <laughs> when it comes to MLB, but that doesn't mean that we placed any future bets on it last year. So we're going to take a stab at it this year. Looking at player-centric awards today, AL and NL Cy Young and AL NL MVP. Not looking to get into rookies or home runs or any of that stuff, but I am going to look at these today. Now, I'm going to put a full unit on some of my favorites and then a half unit on a long shot to win each award as well. So let's get right into it with the AL Cy Young. Top five odds. You got DeGrom, Cole, Manoa, Otani, and McClanahan are your top five. Favorites-wise, I actually like McClanahan. I know a lot of people will probably go the DeGrom route because when he is playing, he's dominant. But Cole kind of fell off last year. I get a little bit worried about Manoa and Otani playing both sides of the ball. I just don't know if he'll have enough to win the Cy Young. McClanahan, though, is intriguing. He's plus 1,100. Um, They have the Rays betting odds-wise, finishing third in the AL East. I think that if the Yankees or Blue Jays struggle... That could be an opportunity for McClanahan to sneak into the playoffs, have a great year. And he was sixth in voting last year, so I like Shane to come home with this Cy Young. Long shot-wise, it's less of a long shot because I think he's seventh or eighth best odds, but that being Shane Bieber at plus 1,400. The guy's an absolute weapon. He was just behind McClanahan in voting last year, but a lot of it had to do with the fact he didn't get a lot of run support. He pitched over 200 innings last year, but they added Josh Bell and Smothers to make that lineup a bit better. They're also the favorites to win the AL Central. So give me Bieber at plus 1400. NL Cy Young. Top five is Alcantara, Burns, Verlander, Scherzer, and Strider. Now, I don't like betting a favorite at plus 560, but I think I would put a full unit on Sandy to go back to back. The guy had six complete games last year. He was absolutely insane. Took home the award. So I'm going to go for him to go back to back this year. He was just so dominant. I know that the Marlins still aren't great but I think that he's an absolute stud. So I would play him at plus five sixty. and I hate giving those sorts of odds for a future bet, but I like it and long shot. I'm going to go with Musgrove at plus 2000. This to me is just, I'm so high on the Padres that I think he could rack up wins and in innings pitch due to all the run support that he's going to get. So I would take Musgrove at 20 to one AL MVP top five. You've got Otani judge trout, Rodriguez and Alvarez. My favorite I like is Julio Rodriguez at plus 860 to win it. Now, assuming Seattle is a playoff team, which it looks like with all the moves that they made that they should be, they could maybe even backdoor win their division if injuries go their way. And so I think that this is great value. Plus 860 for a guy that has a ton of promise. He just signed a massive contract recently as well. So give me Rodriguez at plus 860. Long shot wise, I'm going to go to the Jays. as well. I'm going to go to Bobachette at 39 to 1. Maybe the infielder has a gold glove caliber year. Hits some dingers in a fun Jays offense. Really racks up some support because he's such a likable guy. And maybe upstages Vladdy a bit. Maybe Vladdy misses some games and, and Bichette is a big reason why the Le- or Leafs, <laughs> the Jays make the playoffs. And so I really like it. 39-1 to Bo Bichette as a long shot. And then an NL MVP to cap it off. You've got Juan Soto, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, Ronald Acuna, and Manny Machado. I like Turner, and I think a lot of this has to do with how he looked in the World Baseball Classic. He had some pretty big moments there. Now I think he has an opportunity to ride that into the year. And a lot of this is going to hinge on where the Phillies finish. They're projected third in the NL East. If they surpass one of, if not both, of Atlanta or the Mets, I think this has sneaky potential for Turner to take home the MVP at plus 740. Again, I don't love the odds. But at the end of the day, if you hit on a full unit there, you're not going to be upset about it. Long shot-wise, I'm going to take Fernando Tatis at plus 1,800. I'm very high, again, on this Padres team. Everything will be around Machado and Soto. But I think coming off the suspension, if Tatis returns to form, then he is a great opportunity. If they finish ahead of the Dodgers as well, and he's their best player, then I definitely think Tatis can take home the award. So with that, let's head over. Let's give you our three plays for the day. You can tell from the title of the show, we must save profitable March. We are currently minus one unit for the month. So we got three plays today. Let's get back on track. So, Last Mountain Distillery is family owned and operated located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high quality handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Check out some of their great products like their local vodka. I'm wearing their sweater today to support the brand, so go support local with Last Mountain Distillery. All right, our three plays for today. Our single unit play for the day is the Lakers money line versus the Bulls. I know I said wait because if these guys get ruled out, then they could be in some trouble, but I think Brons definitely going to play. I would be a little bit more concerned about maybe AD sitting out or Russell, but... This team needs a late surge to ensure at worst they get a play-in spot. And so I just love it. I think even on the road, they need it more. So they're going to pick up the win at minus 120. The Azen regulation at plus 105, one and a half unit play today. When you win nine of 10 and you get a home game, I got to take the juice for an in-reg victory. So give me the plus 105. And to cap it off, it's one of the bigger unit plays that we've played in a while, but I really like it. Leafs money line versus Panthers, minus 145, and this is for two and a half units. I think Bobrovsky's horrendous, and I see. I think we're going to see why once again tonight versus a really good Leafs team, so give me Toronto. It pains me to say it. I can't stand the Leafs, but I think they're going to pick up the victory tonight. So with that, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Um, we'll be back Friday to give you some of our weekend picks as well. We're heading into the final four this weekend and a lot of other fun stuff. And so let's make sure that we get profitable and we got to play the video. Show me the money. Show me the money. money! money! Appreciate you all. We'll see you guys on Friday for the Competitive Hedge podcast.